Welcome to Move Forward Radio, a show featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts. This program is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Learn how physical therapists can help people of all ages and abilities reduce pain and improve and restore motion to achieve long-term quality of life at MoveForwardPT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Jason Bellamy. October is National Physical Therapy Month, and here at Move Forward Radio, we're celebrating by sharing some physical therapy success stories. Today's guest is Pam Pelton, a 62-year-old school worker in Kentucky who sought out physical therapy after a total shoulder replacement gave her a new body part, but not her old, pain-free life. She couldn't write on the blackboard at work, couldn't play the guitar at chapel, and couldn't sleep through the night. A physician recommended that Pam look into dry needling, and that led her to physical therapist Chad Garvey at Court Downtown Physical Therapy in Louisville. Chad joins Pam in this episode to discuss her treatment and her recovery. As always, input from our guests is for informational purposes only and shouldn't be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. To find a physical therapist near you, visit MoveForwardPT.com. With that, here's our interview with Pam Pelton and her physical therapist, Chad Garvey. Pam, if you can describe for me the circumstances that brought you to physical therapy in the first place. I know you got a total shoulder replacement. What prompted you to do that? About 20 years ago, I stepped off the edge of the sidewalk and fell and caught myself with my right arm, the right shoulder. And that was about 20 years ago, as I said. And it was so painful for years. And I did have a surgery where the orthopedic surgeon cut part of my collarbone because I had an impingement. And then after that surgery, it, the shoulder was pretty, pretty well until two years ago. And I just couldn't handle the pain, not being able to sleep or anything like that, not doing my normal activities. So I sought the help of Dr. Krupp, who is an outstanding shoulder surgeon. And I went to him the first time, and he looked at the x-rays, and he said, you need a shoulder replacement. And about a month after that, I underwent the surgery. So the pain and the not sleeping, that's easy to imagine. What other physical things couldn't you do? One thing that I really, really, really missed was playing my guitar because I have a ministry at the hospital where I play and sing for the patients. And I also play and sing at school, and I'm a teacher. And another thing about what I was able to do is that I couldn't write on the blackboard with my right hand. I couldn't lift my shoulder high enough to write on the blackboard, so I did learn how to write with my left hand. But that was an imposition. It was very difficult. And other things that I was not able to do, I couldn't push the garage door opener. I just simply didn't have the strength, and the pain was so tremendous. Reaching into cabinets, hugging students, hugging people, just the mundane activities that normal people do and don't even think about what they're doing. I couldn't button my blouse. I couldn't tuck the blouse in. I was just not able to do normal activities. So at the point you decided to have surgery, what did you expect? I mean, did you expect to regain full functionality in your arm, or did you just want the pain to go away? What were your hopes? My goal was 
to resume my normal activities. And yes, I wanted the pain to go away, obviously. But I had missed doing the things like the hugging and the guitar playing. And uh, I didn't really, really think I would get 100% on my shoulder back. I didn't really think it would be 100%. So when you go in to have the surgery, you know physical therapy is going to follow, you know the surgery is going to be pretty significant. Were you intimidated by the process? How long did you think it would take to get your shoulder back to a place that it could be fully functional again? Well, I have had two knee replacements as well. And I know the uh, road to recovery on that took several months. And I just really thought that it would take several months after the shoulder replacement. So you have the surgery, you have some initial physical therapy after that. How functional were you at that point? And then at what point did you decide that you need to go back to physical therapy another time? Well, I was obviously better, more functional, as you said, after the shoulder replacement. But there was a pain I had that was constant, which kept me from doing the activities which I really enjoy doing. And I returned to the surgeon several times to see if there was anything that was not right with the surgery, not correct. And he did prescribe a rub that I put on my shoulder and eyes, and it did not help. And the last time that I went back to see him, Dr. Krupp thought about dry needling. And that's why I came to court. And Chad Garvey is the one who has done the procedure for me. And it has been so wonderful, such such a godsend for me. Chad, do you remember your first impressions of seeing Pam and seeing her range of motion and where she was at that point? Yeah, you know, she was about a year out of her total shoulder replacement. She came into the clinic, and she was still pretty dysfunctional, meaning she still had a lot of difficulty getting her arm even up to her shoulder level, as well as, as she described, her pain level was quite significant. She was still having a lot of trouble sleeping, and, and basic activities were still very, very difficult for her and very painful. So it was a combination of both range of motion and strength issues as well as just pure pain-related issues. So the approach with dry needling, I should probably point out from the beginning that dry needling and acupuncture are different. So they both involve inserting needles to the skin, but they aren't the same thing. Acupuncture is a distinct profession, and it describes the services provided by acupuncturists. And dry needling is an intervention used by physical therapists and other healthcare providers based on modern scientific study of the musculoskeletal and nervous system. That said, can you describe for somebody who hasn't seen a dry needling procedure what that looks like and what that entails? It entails uh, utilization of solid needles, very, very tiny, but they're the same needles used in acupuncture or used by an acupuncturist, uh, but like you said, they're utilized for different reasons and different philosophy. So what it entails is taking that needle, inserting it into a muscle or a group of muscles that are related to the problem that the person comes in for, whether it's a specific area that they can't move or a specific area of pain we We'll insert those into those muscles to try and get relaxation moment from that muscle and try to get that muscle to really uh, almost reset, for lack of a better term, to allow pain to kind of reduce as well as function to improve. So it's a very quick procedure. It takes one treatment or one muscle will take five, ten seconds. In total, the treatments, you know, will spend five or ten minutes using the needles to treat the muscles surrounding the area of concern. So in Pam's case, for example, when you're dealing with her shoulder, how many needles are you using? How long might that initial procedure take? 
the first treatment that I'll see a patient because of the fact that it's kind of a uh, different sort of procedure than most people are familiar with, I'll treat only one or two areas of concern or or pain is purely to try and give the person an idea of what it feels like and and kind of it's almost like an introductory treatment, if you will. So I pretty much only treated one of her cuff muscles and one of a muscle uh, called the trapezius, which is significantly linked with arm function. And in a situation like that, how immediate can the relief be from dry needling? I mean, is that something where somebody should be able to notice, obviously, different conditions, different situations, but would somebody notice immediate relief, or is it something where typically dry needling would need to be done over several weeks before they notice results? What's kind of typical? We look at it very similar to any sort of other manual therapy technique we might utilize, meaning that we should see some sort of change, whether it's a change in how the patient feels or a change in how the patient moves that the therapist can see within a session or even two sessions. It should not be something that should take several weeks to eventually get there. How much it changes, that can be variant. That can be variant. But usually we look for one of two things to happen, if not both, the patient to notice a significant difference or the therapist to be able to note and document change in their function of their movement immediately after the treatment. Said Pam, you go in, you have this dry needling session. What were the results for you? That first time that I had the dry needling, that evening I was able to sleep the entire night without awakening and also without taking any type of medication whatsoever, pain medication. And that was absolutely the best thing I could have done for me at that time because I haven't slept through the night for at least two years. And that one night, right after that dry needling that Chad did, I could sleep, and I have slept wonderfully ever since. So, you know, you had that immediate change, which is phenomenal, by the way. Did things revert back to the way they were? Were you experiencing pain then two days later? How much dry needling did it take over a period of time to allow you to keep sleeping through the night? Well, I went in on that Monday was that first treatment. And the second treatment was the following Friday, which was, what, four days later. And after the treatment in the clinic, when I was getting ready to leave, I turned around and I said, hey, Chad, let me give you a hug. And that shoulder and that arm went up enough that I could hug him. And that was so astonishing to me that it made me cry because I got so emotional that I could do it. And I hadn't been able to do that kind of thing for so, so, so long. And it was just fabulous. Chad, what are your memories of that first week? Very similar in the sense that the, the change I noticed was immediately after getting off the table. She got up, and part of my treatment is I'll immediately check a specific motion or set of motions to see what type of change has been made and immediately noticed about a 20-degree increase in her active range, meaning her ability to get her arm up, but more specifically noticing her face. I know it hurts because they make a face at me. She didn't make a face, and she was able to lift her arm, and and I asked her, I was like, did that that hurt as much? And she said no, and I was like, okay. And immediately she started, and it's kind of an interesting phenomenon because the patient will, and Pam was no different, she, you know, they'll, They'll do it one time, and then they'll repeatedly do it just to make sure that they're feeling what they think they're feeling. And, and like she said, she got emotional. It was a very cool moment because it was allow her to 
see that, you know, there was hope that there was, that things could change with the right type of intervention, along with what, what she had gotten up to, because up to that point, the, the exercises, she, she was doing exercises at home and, and was very diligent about them. So it was more about what could we bring to the table to try and help further this process. And like she said, I mean, you know, she got very emotional and hugged her before she left, and it was a very neat experience. So one of the great things about physical therapy is that kind of whole-body approach to health and wellness, and your treatment with Pam started at the shoulder, but it, it went beyond that. So what's some of the physical therapy you guys have done since, and, and why, and how's that gone? Basically, what was interesting is that with her, you know, she, she was talking about, you know, her shoulder obviously being the biggest problem, and we treated that, and she was gotten better, and we were making changes. She was doing exercises that she could actually accomplish. And I sort of like, what was what's something else that you have difficulty doing right now? And she stated that she could not get off the floor. Had difficulty getting off the floor because she'd had knee replacements in both of her knees. So, and I said, why is it that you can't get up? She's like, well, I've just I've never really learned how, and, and for whatever reason, I just I haven't really learned how. I was like, okay, well, let's do that. And so we spent about one or two sessions just basically reviewing very simple body mechanics and strategy to allow her to not have to utilize furniture, get down on the floor, and then get back up again. And one of the you know big things that folks who've had either pain in the knees or had uh, joint replacements they lose that ability, they have to use furniture to get up. And that's how she was, where she did not feel confident in doing it on her own. So we spent two sessions working on that and just working on helping her strategize and, and improve her ability and her confidence level in doing it. And <laughs> and it was kind of an interesting thing, too, because as soon as we got to the point where she could get off the floor, you know, and it was... After a few steps, um, we got that same emotional response again, so I knew it was pretty authentic and, uh, and, and valuable for her, which uh, she, still, she still talks about today as far as, you know, learning, you know, for the first time in a year or two how to get up off the floor. So, Pam, how different is your life today than it was a couple of years ago? Oh, there's just absolutely no comparison. I was living in a cell-like environment. The pain was so tremendous that I wasn't able to do what I'd always done. And now it's wonderful. I have such a positive outlook. And I know that I will improve even more. And I am, I'm so happy. And, you know, that's a big thing, the emotional part of it for me, is that I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. When previously, before I had the therapy, I was just, stagnant, and this has allowed me to resume the fun things and my occupational-related things that I do, and it is absolutely wonderful. I don't know how to, what other words to use, what other adjectives to use. So let's go down that list of the things you couldn't do. Can you write on the blackboard now? Yes. And can you play the guitar now? Oh, yes. And can you sleep through the night now? Oh, definitely. And then how are those hugs? Oh, I'm hugging people all the time. Students, <laughs> teachers, people on the sidewalk. I live in a small town, so I do know everybody. And I just, in the uh, stores, if I see them, I say, oh, let me give you a hug. And that exercises that arm as well, too. <laughs> Pam Pelton, Chad Garvey, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, and you are so welcome. I appreciate it.
To learn more about National Physical Therapy Month and treatment by a physical therapist, visit MoveForwardPT.com. To hear future episodes of Move Forward Radio, including more patient stories, follow the link on this page and subscribe on iTunes. I'm Jason Bellamy. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guests is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Learn more about how a physical therapist can help you and find a physical therapist in your area at moveforwardpt.com. For an archive of past episodes, visit moveforwardpt.com slash radio.